Well, hey friends, thanks for joining us again today, second week of our new year. We're going to continue our series, How Not to Be Your Own Worst Enemy. And what we've been talking about are the patterns that we all have the potential to develop in our relationships, those kind of destructive patterns. And we've talked about how if we leave these unaddressed, they're going to damage the relationships that God has given us. And uh, that could be a marriage relationship, that could be a friendship, uh, that could be a relationship with your roommate or a coworker, or the relationship you have with your parents, or maybe it's your kids. It will damage those relationships. And so last week, we started with two verses in the book of Proverbs, and I'm going to go back to them because, to be honest, we're going to need two weeks just to cover and work our way through this issue of pride. So this is what we said, uh, the writer Proverbs said a couple of weeks ago, pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. And then Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughtiness before a fall. And so this week, the undermining behavior, right, we're giving you an undermining behavior uh, each and every week. We said last week it was a me-first attitude. This one is very similar because we're still dealing with pride. But the undermining behavior we're going to look at now is the life full of pride. Pride can and will damage almost every single relationship you're in. And in general, uh, and this is a pretty big generalization, pride is at the root of many of the relationship mistakes that we've all made. Right. Now, what's interesting to me, I've been doing kind of ministry for nearly 30 years, and in 30 years of ministry, I've had people come talk to me about all kinds of things. Their anxiety issues, depression issues, doubt issues, addictive patterns, lying, anger, on and on and on and on. But in three decades, I have never, not one single time, had someone come to me and say, hey, Clay, I really need to talk to you about these issues I have with my pride. And the reason that I think no one's come and talked to me about that, uh, number one, is pride is unbelievably difficult for us to detect, detect in our own life. You can't see it in the mirror, so to speak. And it's very difficult to actually see pride without having some kind of massive hitting rock bottom type experience. So people who hit rock bottom sometimes can see it. The second thing is we live in a culture that sees pride as a virtue. At worst, it sees it as a little bit irritating. So we value someone who's strong, confident, a high achiever, and they are extremely arrogant about it in our culture. You know, it values that. Now, standing in stark contrast to our culture, who has pride as a virtue, Scripture has this to say about pride. Scripture teaches us that pride is lethal. Scripture teaches us pride is toxic, not only to our relationship with God, but it's toxic in our relationships to one another. And so, knowing what culture says about pride, I want to spend a few moments trying to help you just to see if this is an issue in your life. And then we'll move towards some helpful advice that we're going to get from Scripture on how to deal with our own pride. And I was thinking about pride in putting this message together. I think it shows up, and it can show up in a lot of ways, but there's really three big ways that I think it shows up in our life. The first way that pride shows up is what I will say is self-centeredness, right? Just kind of a self-centered focus. Romans 2.8 says this, but for those who are self-seeking, there will be wrath and anger, right? Now, how do you know if this is you? How do you know if you have self-centeredness, all right? Let me, let me give you a very culturally relevant, I think, way to kind of give you an indicator. Has anyone ever showed you a group picture on their phone, right? And, and in this group picture, you know you're in it because you were there. And while they're showing the picture to you, you spend a lot of time 
pretending like you're looking at all the other people in the photo, you're looking at all the surroundings, but in reality, you spent the entire time looking at you, scrutinizing you, right? So if you do this on the regular, you might struggle with self-centeredness. Or you make a determination, right? Someone shows you a photo, and you determine whether it's a good photo or not based on how you look in the photo, right? Like there's four people in the photo and three of the others have their eyes closed, but you look good. That's the one that you put on Instagram, right? Maybe when you're making decisions, you put them through the grid of how does this impact me instead of how does this impact others? Pride will always whisper, this is about you. It's all about you. And if it doesn't suit your needs, don't worry about it, right? If it's not convenient for you, then don't worry about it. The pride of self-centeredness will ruin the quality of your relationships. Well, the second area that I think this shows up is in self-reliance, right? Self-reliance. Some people think about pride, uh, right? They don't really think about self-reliance, but that's really what it is. You ever wonder, why is it that I have such a difficult time asking other people for help? The bottom line, honestly, is you're prideful. You think that you can make it through this life without the need of having other people involved. Scripture, the psalmist says this, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him, being seek God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Self-reliance is one of the biggest community killers out there. And I'm going to say something that may upset some of you, but... I'm saying it with a lot of love and grace. Some of you think that you're going to overcome your addiction issues without help. You need to humble yourself and ask for help. Some of you think that you can make this marriage thing work without going to see a counselor. You need to humble yourself. Some of you think that you can conquer your depression or conquer your anxiety or your worry or your fear without talking to your friends. And you need to humble yourself. Some of you think that you can make it through this life without fully submitting to Jesus and you need to humble yourself because when we have this pride of self-reliance, we not only fail to see our need for redemption, we also fail to see our need for growth. And therefore what happens is self becomes God and the one true God becomes muted and put to the side. So there's self-centeredness, there's self-reliance. And then the third big area I see this show up is self-deception. We'll go back to Proverbs. Proverbs 29, 1 says, Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. That's a tough one right there. And if this is you, right, the problem you face is that you can't stop defending yourself. You can't be corrected about anything. And you'll find, whether it's in the workplace or at home or in your relationships, if you find yourself spending a tremendous amount of your time defending yourself, then this might just possibly be an issue for you. Another indicator would be that you really think you're wrong, right? And it's rare that you say you're sorry. You know why? Because you don't have to. 
because you think you are rarely wrong, right? You don't even have to say that you're sorry because you're always right. And what typically happens for you is you'll just argue, argue, argue. You'll argue with your spouse. You'll argue with your friend. You'll argue with your teacher. You'll argue, argue, argue until eventually you think you've won the argument, right? You're so focused on winning that argument because if you win the argument, it proves you weren't wrong. But listen to me, this is very, if you take nothing else away from this message, this is very important for you to understand, especially if you're in conflict right now. Understand this, you can win the argument or you can win the other person's heart, but you won't do both. You can win the argument or you can win the other person's heart, but you won't do both. You've got to figure out in your relationships what is most important to you. Do you want to win the argument? Because you can argue anything as long as you want to argue. And eventually, you'll probably come up with enough reasons for why you are right. And you will win the argument. So you can win the argument or you can win the other person's heart. But you're probably not going to do both. And when you think about this, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's your friends, your roommates, what's most important to you? And some of you are so focused on being right. You're so dead set on you're right and they're wrong. You're so set on that. It's damaging all of the relationships around you. So those are three big areas where it shows up. Now I want to turn the corner a little bit. And I want to look at how do we conquer pride in our lives. Specifically, what does God's word have to say about this? Because it has a lot to say about the importance of conquering pride pride in your lives. And if you want to follow Jesus, many of you watching this, listening to this do, you have to deal with pride in your life because pride is not present in the kingdom of God. The one time it did show up in God's kingdom was the time that Lucifer's pride caused him to rebel against God. And it was his pride that ultimately got him removed from the kingdom. So this is a very big deal and we're going to deal with it now. So in dealing with our own pride, Scripture teaches us to do a couple of things, and this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time doing. One, to conquer pride, you need to learn to acknowledge that you have pride. you got to acknowledge it, right? This is unbelievably important because the consequences of our pride are huge, right? How many stories do we need of people who have fallen because of their pride? If you just go in our recent past, right? In our recent past, there was Elizabeth Holmes. She was the founder of a company called Theranos, if you remember the story. It was a technology company. It claimed to, we're going to revolutionize the blood testing business. It was her pride, her refusal to acknowledge that her product had technological limitations, right? They were inaccurate. Everything was wrong. It sent her to jail, Then there was Bernie Madoff. We probably all know about him, right? He was once a respected financier. His pride led him to operating the largest Ponzi scheme in history. And not too long ago was Lance Armstrong, right? He was an amazing cyclist, seven-time Tour de France winner whose pride led him to use performance-enhancing drugs. And, well, most of us know what an incredible fall from grace that was. So let's look at what Scripture has to say about the importance of recognizing and dealing with our own pride. Proverbs 29, 23 says, A man's pride will bring him down, but he whose spirit is without pride will receive honor. Now, if you want my advice here, and and if you don't, I'm going to give it to you anyway. (laughs) This is difficult. But my advice to everybody 
is to sit down with a close friend, somebody who can really shoot straight with you and ask this question. Hey, do you see any area in my life where I have a problem with pride? And the reason you need to ask is, again, it is unbelievably difficult for us to detect pride in our own life. It's so much easier to see pride in somebody else than it is to see pride in ourselves. And when you see it in other people, man, it just drives you crazy, right? You need to recognize it in your own self. So, again, just a word of truth here. You've been thinking about somebody during this whole entire message, like it's in the back of your mind, and you're thinking, man, I I wish that this person, I wish that he, I wish that she would have been here. I wish they would listen to this. I'm going to send them this message. You need to stop, right? Just stop. This is about you. This is about me. We all struggle with this, right? And and this issue of dealing with pride, it's not about convincing ourselves that we're unattractive or that we're incompetent. It's not about beating ourselves up and saying that you're nothing, right? This is about praying and saying, God, show me the specific areas of my life. Show me the specific relationships in my life where pride tends to be an issue. Number one, you have to acknowledge the pride in your own life. Number two, learn to love instead of being loved. Proverbs says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. What the writer of Proverbs is saying here is when we are overly concerned with what other other people think about us, when we are overly concerned with being loved, It can turn out to be a trap. It's a snare, he says, right? It can cause us to do things like compromise our integrity because we're trying to win the approval of others, right? And when we do that, we compromise our values, our beliefs, and we wind up doing things that maybe even we know these things are wrong or at least they're just not in our own best best interest and we do them anyway. And along with that, constantly worrying about other people's opinions, it can lead to significant levels of anxiety and stress. People-pleasing is an unstable foundation for self-esteem because it relies on the ever-changing opinions of others. When you live your life trying to be loved instead of living your life to love, it will lead you to all kinds of unhealthy extremes. And probably the most deadly thing, it forms a proud heart. However, if your desire is to love, it will lead to a humble heart. And as the writer of Proverbs says, you will be kept safe. So you got to ask yourself an honest question. When I look at my life, when I look at my relationships, when I look at my behavior, is my primary motivation to love other people or is my primary motivation to get them to love me? So learn to love. All right, the other Learn to love instead of judge. All right, this one, this one's huge. If you struggle with the pride of being judgmental, what happens is you view all of life as a movie and you think you've been called to be the critic. And one of your favorite phrases is, it's none of my business but, right? None of my business but. And you should never even finish that sentence. You ever start a sentence, you should never finish that sentence, right? Look for that pattern this week. And when you start a sentence with, it's none of my business but, here's what you need to do. Just stop right there. Put a period before the but. It's none of my business, period, right? Don't complete the sentence. It's just none of my business, period. Just stop right there. The writer of Proverbs says, he mocks the mockers, but he gives grace to the humble. You got to decide 
which end of that you want to be on. Because when you have a judgmental heart, you end up having all kinds of conflicts in your life. And, and you just may be the reason, uh, or, or the reason you have conflicts all over your life is because you carry this heart of judgment everywhere, right? It's because you have a heart full of pride. And one of the biggest tragedies of having a heart that is judgmental towards lots of other people is you lose the art, and it really is an art, of overlooking an offense. And I think this is a huge thing in our culture right now. People have lost the art of overlooking an offense. So everything that happens offends you deeply. The way other people vote, it offends you deeply. The way other people spend their money offends you deeply, right? That post that someone put out there on Instagram or they tweeted out, it just offends you deeply. It wasn't even about you, but it offends you. The way other people raise their kids or don't raise their kids, the way they spend their money, the way they live their life, it all offends you deeply. And all of this might just be an indicator that you have a heart full of pride, right? It's made you extremely judgmental. And so everything that happens around you, it just ruins your day because something just offended you. And we've lost the art of being able to just kind of overlook that offense, right? Now, I want to look at something Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 5 because it gets super practical about what you should do here. And here's what he says. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, okay, so you're going to church, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you leave your sacrifice there at the altar go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God right Jesus is saying here that if you're on your way to church and all of a sudden in the back of your mind you remember that there's a certain person that you have some conflict with Jesus says it would be better for you to turn around and go find that person and sit down with them and to the best of your ability, work it out, right? Go do that. Don't head to church. So essentially this verse is saying if you got a problem with your spouse, instead of going to work the next day and complaining to all your coworkers about your spouse, you need to sit down with your spouse and talk to them about the issue. If you've got a coworker, right, and, and they have offended you, Instead of gathering all your coworkers up and start complaining around them, trying to build a case against them, right, and talking about their behavior and talking about them, what you're supposed to do is actually sit down with that coworker and talk to them and try to seek out reconciliation. And I know, as we talk about this, as you think about that person, right, and you know you should call them or you should forgive them, there is something deep in all of us that comes up with every excuse imaginable on why we don't need to do anything, right? Well, that was a, that was a long time ago. Or, or you know what? What they did was so bad, or, or you don't understand how hurt I am. They actually deserve my silent treatment, or they deserve my bad behavior. You know what fuels that? It's pride. Jesus says you have to deal with it. Because what's so scary about this verse Jesus says not only is it impacting your relationship with that other person, it's actually impacting your relationship with God. Now, again, I know what some of you think. Hey, Clay, you know what you just said before? Mind your own business. It's none of your business. Like, I'll deal with the relationships the way I want to deal with my relationships. I'm going to handle my stuff my way. That's fine. You can do that. But you need to know. 
you're damaging your relationships and your life. And you'll say, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not doing any of that, right? My case is different. And if you just give me five minutes, I can explain to you why my case is different. I, I can explain to you why they did this. And I can explain to you why this verse right here, it just doesn't apply to me. I get it. Here's a question I've learned to ask myself. And I just want to pass this question along to you. Do I want to build a case or do I want to build a bridge? Do I want to build a case or do I want to build a bridge. And this is really important because that's what this verse is all about. It's essentially saying, do you want to build a case or do you want to build a bridge? And the reason this verse is so important is because we have a God that could build a case against us if he wanted to. If anybody could build a case against you, God could absolutely build a case against you. If we just took what you did this last week of your life, God could build an unbelievable case against you. But our God didn't build a case. Instead, he built a bridge. He built a bridge through his son, Jesus. Right, he could have built a case, but he built a bridge. And the reality is, especially for those of you who are Christians, right? If you're a Christian, you've entered into a relationship with God, right? You've entered a relationship with a God who humbled himself, died on a cross for your sin, not his sin, your sin. And he died for that. So for you to say, yeah, I want to be in a relationship with a humble Savior who died for my sin, not his sin. But I also want to be able to hold a grudge against this person. That's the epitome of arrogance. And it will short circuit any meaningful relationship with a humble Savior. Now, listen, when you think about the conflict in your life, right? I know it was a long time ago, and they probably did really hurt you, right? It may have even been just, it was 5% you, and it was 95% their fault. I get all of that, okay? You're right. The point Jesus is getting at here is even if all of that is true, he's saying, have you done everything possible to reconcile with that person? Because in doing so, you will crush the power of pride in your life. Now, let me tell you how powerful this verse is. There's two promises that are in this verse. First promise says, if you ignore the conflict, you're going to have all the relationships, you're going to have conflict in all the relationships around you. And if you continue to pursue your relationship with God, there's always going to be a disconnect between you and God. Always. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm not saying any of those kinds of things. What I'm saying is, when you're sitting in worship, and for some reason, you feel like, oh, this worship service is just not doing anything for me. Church just isn't doing anything for me. Or, or when you're sitting and you are reading your Bible and you're like, man, this, this, this just isn't doing anything for me. It doesn't make any sense. Or as a Christian, you feel stuck. Like, man, I'm just doing the same things over and over and over. And I'm not growing in my relationship with Jesus. And you begin to wonder, what's wrong? Like, why do I keep repeating all of this stuff? I'm just here to tell you. If you ignore this verse, it short circuits your relationship with God and that's what you experience. It's impossible to be in a relationship with a humble savior who died on the cross for your sins and still have pride in your heart against other people. It's going to short circuit your relationship with God and it's never going to be what God intends the relationship to be. That's why Jesus says, look, don't play the game. 
Don't try to worship me and pretend like nothing's wrong. Don't play the religious game. Go deal with it. Then after you deal with it, then come to me. Come to church. Come hang out with me. Come pray. Then come and read your Bible. So that's the first promise. If you ignore it, it's going to short-circuit your relationship with God. The second promise in this verse is if you obey this, you're going to experience unbelievable freedom in your life. Not because every relationship in your life gets healed, right? Because I've been through this. That's probably not going to be true. But at least half of the time you live this verse out, right, it's, it's going to end good. And about half the time it's not going to end good. But you experience unbelievable freedom because in that moment, there's another layer of pride that just falls off that was standing between you and a holy, humble God. And so that's why we live that out. And the last verse that I'll leave with you, James, the brother of Jesus, says it this way. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself in every relationship, and he will give you a dose of grace like you have never experienced. Hey, let's pause here. And let's just pray. So God, this topic, when we talk about pride in our lives, it's so unbelievably difficult because we live in a culture that celebrates pride as a virtue. And beyond that, it's just so hard to detect. And we can see it clearly in other people, right? We can see it in our spouse, God. We can see it in our friends. We can see it in our teachers. We can see it in our parents. It's so hard, though, to see it in us. So I pray right now that we would understand that this is about our lives. This is about our hearts. This is about our relationship with you. This is about our relationship with the people you put into our life as a gift. So God, I pray that every one of us would just humble ourselves. We would say, God, is there any area where pride shows up in my life, right? Is there an area where self-centeredness, where self-reliance, God, I just pray that you would crush those things in me. God, I want to be the person you created me to be. I want to live in the context of the relationships you have created me for. Jesus, I don't want to damage the relationships that you've given to me as gifts. So help me see this. Make me aware that in this moment, that this is not about the fact that some of us are unhealthy, but it's about the fact that all of us are unholy. And we all have areas of pride that are reared up inside of us. So God, I just pray that you would give us wisdom, give us guidance in this area. Would you humble us because we are a broken people. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to someone you know, would you mind sharing this video? Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking liking and subscribing to this channel, you are helping us accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, we really could use your support. So could I ask you to head over to our website at nextlevelchurch.org. There's a a green give button that's there. I would love if you would choose to give and uh, give through one of those options that's there. Your faithful support helps us to continue to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, by way of benediction, I read a verse to you last week. I want to read that verse again to you. It's in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, where Paul tells us, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or in vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, 
but each of you to the interest of others. Hey guys, if you live this week, may you do nothing out of any kind of prideful spirit. May you always look to the interest of others and may you feel the presence of God in doing so. Hey guys, have a blessed week. We'll see you back next week. We're gonna continue in our series. We're gonna talk about another behavior that we need to work on and I know that you'll get something out of it. In the meantime, praying for you and I love you.